Okie dokie, here we go. Welcome to We'll Be Right Back, the horror comedy podcast that poses the question, what makes a great horror movie? And then immediately ask, what makes a terrible horror movie? Join us as we rate and review the good, the bad, and the worst of the horror franchise. Join myself and my co-host Paris as we go down the rabbit hole. So grab your popcorn, pour yourself an adult beverage, lock all the doors and windows, and remember, we'll be right back! Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to We'll Be Right Back. Yes, welcome. My name is Paris. And I'm Michael. And we like to watch scary movies and talk about them, so we figured, why not fucking make a podcast, right? Like... Pretty much. Yeah. There's a million other podcasts doing that, so we might as well give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this is our first episode. Yeah. Our very so, first episode. This is very it's exciting official. for us. Yeah. Very exciting. Are you nervous at all? I am a little nervous. I'll be honest. I am too. So, when we were talking about doing a podcast initially, we were like, yeah, that would be fun. Why not? We do this anyway all the time, talk about movies. So, why not make podcasts? But, I think um, the minute we announced to anyone that we were doing a podcast, they were like, oh, shit, it's real. If there's any interest, like now it's like, oh, we actually have people that might listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry, mom and dad. Sorry about everything you're about to hear. So sorry. You're not going to listen to it anyway. It's fine. (laughs) Or you might listen to the intro and be like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. We we definitely have two listeners, I think, at least. Yeah, thank you, Myself all two of you. And, and you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyhow, um, this first movie that we are covering is... Hannibal! Hannibal the Cannibal. <laughs> yeah, so this was actually a request from our producer, Earl. Earl, do you want to say hi? Hi. 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 <laughs> How's everybody out there today? Yeah, so Earl, he told us that um, this was what he thought to be the most romantic movie, or is it just the most romantic horror it's, movie? It's my, uh, uh, it's my, my Valentine, Valentine's go-to, and so I, every Valentine's Day I watch it. So it's 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 like the most romantic horror film, I think, of like your Valentine's Day picks. We're going to test that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Earl, I thought we had problems, but <laughs> I, I'm kind of nervous now. I'm like, we're sitting here. Um, are we safe now? It, it is. It is very romantic, I guess. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss that. Yeah, we're going to get we're going to get yeah, to we'll it. Get we're into definitely it. getting into we'll this. We'll get into it. But ladies, any ladies out there? there with a with a um thing for dark romances this is, this is a go-to this is the go-to and earl i think earl are you single hey i well i am yeah. single and ready to mingle <laughs> no and no. he is <laughs> <laughs> turning into a whole different podcast yeah. Yeah, I, i'm kind of like what's left behind after hannibal yeah. gets a yeah, hold of somebody like, and he's a romantic like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so this is our our first episode our valentine's episode yeah so like as we were recording today just for a Posterity. Today it's February 8th, 2023. And when we were doing a little research on this movie and after we watched it, we realized that this movie came out 
February 9th, 2001. So almost to the day are we recording the podcast from 20 plus years ago. So has it that it's been 20 plus years? Yeah. Oh, God. You're getting old. Anyway, let's get into the movie. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. So we open up and I and I say Gary because Gary Oldman plays this character and I didn't know his name it's Mason right it's Mason Berger Mason I might go in between those two names because to me I was just like Gary Oldman um so anyhow we open with Mason and he's talking to this guy at the time I didn't have his name but he's talking to him about the relationship between Hannibal and Clarice. Yeah, he's yeah. so he's he's sort of interviewing. He's he's trying to get he's trying to mine information out of Barney from the the original movie from Silence of the Lambs from from Jonathan Demme's movie. We should say also this is a really Scott film, so of Alien and Gladiator fame. Um, but this is his sequel to the movie 10 years later but it does open with mason verger talking to barney who was hannibal's sort of caretaker at the asylum right and so he's basically because mason's super obsessed with hannibal i think he's in love with him well there's the love already yeah yeah so So it's a real love hate thing. He's I think he's obsessed with Hannibal he's, when the movie obsessed, starts. But I, I think there's a, a bit of an attraction as well. Obviously, well, well when they met, and we'll yeah. talk about it later. But that's how we'll they get into that. Yeah, but I, I still think I think he he's just kind of like because he's obsessed with Clarice and Hannibal's relationship. But I but it's always like it's kind of like what does he see in her that he didn't see mm-hmm. in me? So there's that jealousy there, and you know I think it's like payback because he didn't reciprocate his feelings. I think that's what this whole movie is. It's yeah. his payback against I mean, Hannibal yeah, for doing what he did to movie. him. Yeah. <laughs> the movie, uh, right. But in the scene, he's trying to buy a mask from Barney and you find out that you find out later in the movie that Barney's been selling these items that came from the asylum or from Hannibal's collection like his artwork the mask specifically is what he's selling here the iconic you know hockey mask with the the fence in it and that's what he's approaching Mason to sell and he's he says it'll be $250,000 right I was like Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he's just like, "Yeah, that's nothing." All right, this guy's got the money. Let's do it. Yeah, and so then after that, so you see that opening, and then we cut to where Clarice is now these days, and so she's at this, she's like at this DEA drug bust. She's Mm -hmm. still in the FBI, but I guess they're working together to take down. Well, you find out it's a like a multi. What's the word? It's so it's like DEA, FBI, and the Justice Department is involved. So it's it's a coordination of all of these different groups, but she's sort of leading the charge. Right, she's leading it, but of course we have to have these men trying to mansplain. Oh, everything. and they do. It's great. Yeah. So right off the bat, they introduce like that guy who's just a complete dick, and she's like, "Well, the reason I was brought on to this motherfucker is because I know what I'm talking about." Yeah. She- yeah. She so pulls in so her cards many words. pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarice, she's that bitch. Well, she so, explains to him pretty quick. Way. Like she kind of puts him in his place. 
and then she goes on to, to like know what she's talking about the the um, target of this raid the character's name in the movie is Evelda Drongo and I don't know how specifically they say it, but it's at least they're going after meth. Seems like it's also like gun running maybe involved. Uh, but she is sort of this kingpin and Clarice knows her and like they've met. You, you they, come to I find think there out. are two yeah. other cases or something yeah. that Clarice. Yeah. So, so Clarice, she tries to like give him some pointers and she lets him know that Velda is HIV positive and she'll try to get away by obviously like trying to scare people off by possibly infecting them. Like she carries yeah, needles in her like hair. They say like if you arrest her, don't touch her head yeah, to put her in the car. She's going to have needles in her hair. She's going to spit. Right. Like. right. So, um, which is something... Yeah, it's a weird choice it's, for this movie. Right. Really? Like they bring that up, but it is something that happens. Um, yeah. Prisoners who you know have things, though, which is why, like bars and jails, that's not real. They have like plexiglass and shit because mm-hmm. they try to spit on them and everything. But that's just an aside. Yeah. Anyway, but getting getting back to the story, so that dude that we already can't stand, like they go in, they have a plan. And then they decide. Yeah. So yeah. they when that once they go in, they're all in place and they're all undercover. And then she walks out with her crew and they're all strapped, like they all have guns on them, and it's obvious. And because of they're in the marketplace and there are so many people around, Clarice gives the order to stand down, like it's too dangerous. It's going to be a firefight. We don't want that. But one of the FBI agents or DEA agents, I'm not really specifically sure which one, but he he gets a little flustered or trigger happy and like they make him before they can pull everybody out. Mm -hmm. So then they all start firing and it becomes this crazy firefight. Right. Right. She says, stand down. The others agree. And then he's like, no, we're still going to do this. And then he fires and it goes crazy. So then we see Ivelda come out and she's carrying a baby in her arms. And I wrote, okay. So I wrote this down because I was like, that, that's not her baby, right? Because it seemed crazy that somebody would do that. But we do find out it is. No, it is it's, in fact yeah, it's her, her baby. baby. Yeah. But I think that's another thing is she's using all these tactics to get away. Like, people are going to see me with this baby. They're not going to want to, you know what I mean? Like, if... <laughs> this is also, I'm sorry, I started laughing already because this is the best baby puppet in the business. Yeah, like, so it's crazy. We were watching the special features in the SFX because I'm always wanting to watch SFX stuff. And turns out the baby's a it puppet. It is a puppet. And I should have known that. I hadn't watched this movie in a long time until we, we actually had bought this movie a while back. Like, we own it on DVD. DVD. Uh, I'm sure it's streaming everywhere so you can find it wherever you want to watch it. And you should um but yeah i'd always i don't the last time i watched this movie i remember thinking like it's crazy that somebody would put a baby in a scene like this it's, that baby's traumatized and i'm just i'm just <laughs> okay, an idiot yeah. <laughs> like it's a puppet I, I honestly i never <laughs> thought about it like i was just like she's spraying this yeah, thing off with water just, in a minute so, like, yeah, yeah yeah so we'll get to that part so so she comes out Ivelda's holding the baby and then 
Ivelda and her have this exchange because she recognizes Clarice. And so Clarice tries to talk her down and then she ends up pulling a gun out from behind the baby like she's Mm -hmm. hiding it in the little sling carrier thing. And so she shoots at Clarice and Clarice shoots back. back. She decides to kill Ivelda. To which immediately you could tell she's just like traumatized. She goes for the baby and there's broken glass and blood all over the baby and she's hosing the baby off. And and so Ivelda's Over a lot blood, of fish, by yeah, the way. Like, Ivelda's, you gotta close that place down. Yeah, definitely. That is like a serious... Yeah, because they're in a fish market. Like, oh, we're not selling this today. Yeah. I think that's how COVID started. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's for a different time. Um... Yeah, COVID. How about that? Yeah. It's still a thing. But um so yeah, she she doesn't care that there's HIV inflected blood on this child and glass and she could possibly yeah, it's, it's, get infected. She's just she's a bad she's, mom. She's just um hosing the baby down trying to get the glass and stuff off yeah. of the baby. So but then it cuts to okay, so moving on from that downer. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, like, <laughs> sorry guys, but it's um, romantic and we're yeah, getting to that. We're getting so to stay that. We us. gotta, we gotta we're get to the We're gonna get some people pregnant yeah. tonight off of this. Yeah, yeah, you think so? We'll be the first podcast to like, yeah, it's, get people yeah. pregnant. So anyway, this, this immediately this romantic film for Valentine. Uh, that's very romantic. <laughs> um, it cuts immediately to Clarice at home breaking down and crying. Yeah. And it's like a real moment of vulnerability where you see her. Would you really, in the first movie, we should say also it's Julian Moore in this movie. I don't know if I said that before. Jodie Foster famously played Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs. Won an won a award for it and chose not to come back. Um I don't necessarily blame her for doing that. I like how Julianne Moore handles the character. Yeah, I think she did a great job. Yeah, I do too. And she doesn't... (laughs) There's one thing that I always hate about um, when... Jodie Foster in the first movie there's a moment where she's talking she's like Dr. Lecter Dr. Lecter Dr. Lecter and I've always I've always hated that line delivery uh, why is it I, because you're a southern boy I guess like, so that's it's, not it's how like you this weird say that. that was southern. really impressive man <laughs> uh, Julianne Moore does affect a little bit of an accent but it's a little more muted and, and she's just kind of doing her thing uh, anyway that aside so after this moment where she breaks down we cut to the next scene yeah, so that next scene. If you Mason Berger, it cuts to Mason Berger, and he's watching the news reports about yeah. this raid. And then we also, there's a lot of intercuts in, in these. It's kind of hard to talk about this movie in scenes because there's a lot of back and forth. But it's, it's with him watching the news footage, and then it immediately cuts to a meeting with... Clarice's boss, and then we meet Paul Crindler from the Justice Department, played by the late, great Ray Liotta. Like, I love Ray Liotta. It's weird. I think this is like the turning point in his career where he only plays bad guys after this. Like, he's not a good guy in Goodfellas, but he plays real scumbags from this point on for the most part. He's still kind of likable. It's weird. He's he's hilarious at some points. He's definitely... 
the comedic relief in this. He he tends to be, but in this uh, somehow, scene, somehow, yeah, know. yeah. But but he's also a douche. She just works with a bunch of douchebags that don't appreciate. Well, it's just a men's club. It's a boys' club, yeah. and they don't they the don't want her bags. there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they're giving her a hard time with how everything went down and was dealt with. And yeah, because they you see. He says something like, you know, we saw you shoot a mother on national television. You got to understand what that what that does to us and what that makes us look like. And she's like, no, I, I he, he says you, you shot a woman holding a baby. And she says, no, I shot a woman with a baby strapped on her chest who was holding a Mac 10 and pointing it at me. And then in this whole thing they're they kind of like they suspend her. And she basically is like, I did what I've been trained to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I tried to call everybody off. It wasn't my fault. But she's put up as like the sacrificial lamb again. Ooh. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to like go that there, <laughs> um, because they they need somebody to to put on there and blame. Right. So they suspend her. But then don't they kind of give her like a. An offer because Mason's this comes shortly them. after that, yeah, yeah. So Mason, that's all the news story. He claims to have information on Hannibal Lecter, and everyone seems to know that Hannibal has a soft spot for Clarice. So they decide to put Clarice on this. Yeah, they kind of reinstate. I mean, she's. Here's where I get fuzzy because it, it it's confused me the first time I saw it, and it still confused me this last time we watched it. But, but they they do send her out to meet Mason Verger because he has given them evidence, or I think we come to find out it's not even real evidence later. But she goes there to meet him because he's basically trolling to find Lecter. Right. They're pretty much kind of like, we'll forgive all of this if you deal with Mason. Mm-hmm. And we, we find out that Mason is like this little rich kid guy that has Mason family. Is, <laughs> and he plays Dude. it so well. Like, I love Gary Oldman as an actor, and he plays this character so well. He's so obnoxious. It is and the, then smacking, he does it. It's so the gross. grossest it's character so gross. in movies. Like it's it, disgusting. As soon as he, I, I'd seen this movie before, and as soon as he came on screen, my immediate reaction was like, "Hey, man, I'm eating popcorn here. Like <laughs> you're grossing me out." And, and and I'm not. That's not like. It's not just the physical aspect of him, even though the SFX that they do, like the prosthetics that he's oh, wearing, he okay. he looks, yeah. he's been through a lot. I'm not trying to disparage anybody that has any kind of similar affliction, sure. but with Mason Verger, it's like the outside mirrors the inside. He is disgusting. I just, I mean, he has like this weird, like he does hey, his call voice down. and everything. Call he's just call super down. unlikable. He does it very well, and so. So, Poor Cordell. Yeah. I know. That guy. <laughs> you could have smothered him Cordell with a pillow years ago. <laughs> Cordell. He gets his moment, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. So um, then we cut to. Oh, hang on. Before oh, you we, have something else we, to say? Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. Because right, it's not necessarily cut. But like, uh, so Cl- when Clarice meets him, she mics him to interview him. And then he kind of, he turns the lights up. She sees his face. She's grossed out. Uh, and then he has this little monologue where he... He sort of, as an aside, like a throwaway line, talks about he's a pederast and that his father ran a 
like Christian camp for kids. Yeah. And then, then he goes on to talk about the story of how he met Lecter and you see the them interacting. Like right. you see Lecter coming yeah, so to meet him. That's what we were He's wearing tight leather next. pants. Yeah, and that's where you see that yeah, Mason, he's totally into Lecter. And so I think Mason's just down for whatever. Like he's he, he's a deviant. A bit. A bit. A bit. Okay, this, is, this is really fun, isn't it, guys? <laughs> well, so then you cut to this thing where it's like Mason takes Hannibal Lecter home and he's, you know, trying to seduce him in his way. And then he talks about hanging himself and masturbating somewhere in that. Who I, I think that. he, yeah, he totally, he, he doesn't, he, he alludes to it. He was like, I think he, I don't know if he was going to do I it in front David of Hannibal. I didn't know David Carradine was in this movie. What do you I felt like he said he was going to do it in front of him. Like, hey, you want to watch me do this or something okay, like that? Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, said something about how he's going to hang himself because it increases it. Oh, he's like, yeah, when yeah, you, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, we've all heard about those men found in closets mm. with a belt around their necks and if you haven't well now you know don't go trying it unless you have someone there to help you down if uh don't go trying isn't that a billy joel song just just have someone on standby mm. so that your family doesn't have to <laughs> anyway Okay, <laughs> so if you're spending Valentine's alone, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do anyway. That. Anyway. No. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so Lecter offers Mason Verger, played by Gary Oldman, who who went uncredited in this movie, and I I don't know if that was his. Cho- I think it was his choice. I think he saw it and was like, I don't. That might ruin my chances of getting cast again because he's. He's effective. He's a great actor. It is gross to watch him in this movie. But he's he asks him if he wants a popper. He says yes, of course. And then he's high as a kite. Mm-hmm. And Lecter convinces him to cut his face off and feed it to the dogs. He feeds it to the dogs. This is a romantic movie. I'm telling it's you. It's so romantic. And he does it for him because he's so in love with... Would you do that for me? Would you cut your face off for me? And feed it to feed the dogs. Feed it to Stella. No, I kidding. like my face. Yeah, I like it where I it like is. I like it too. But that's love, guys. Mm-hmm. That's love. I think she was just kind of like let it roll off. But he's still trying to press her for she information. She doesn't want to give him anything. Right. She really doesn't. And then at some point he mentions, which this was... Did we talk about whenever he says something about, like, does she believe in God? I don't think we talked about that. It's in this scene. And she, so before any of this conversation conversation happens, he asks her if she believes in God. And that's when he talks about the Christian camp and all this stuff. And kids do anything for a cookie. He's a disgusting individual. And so then she doesn't really want to talk about God. And so... At the end, before they part, he says, it's funny that you shied away, or you didn't shy away when you saw my face, but she did when I mentioned God's name, basically. Yeah, and then he's like, nobody beats the Riz. <laughs> he calls him the Riz. <laughs> and Is I immediately, nobody beats the Riz. Yeah. yeah, I immediately pictured, like, the Wiz, 
but, but, but with Mason Berger as like the lead character. <laughs> that would make a very different movie. Bad. Yeah. He can't sing for shit. Then we cut to the evidence room. Yeah. And the guy that's in there with Clarice, he's commenting about how all the evidence keeps disappearing. That Hannibal, that involves Hannibal and that it's going for a lot of money on the black market. Yeah. And she immediately, he also includes a line of like, along with all that cocaine that just seems to disappear around here. But she knows. That's how they're getting all the work yeah, done in there. She immediately knows. The late hours and all of that. <laughs> yeah. Or she at least suspects who is doing it. So she goes to visit Barney. And this we're the first time we, well, the second time. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so she doesn't just suspect. She was, she was reviewing some videos with Hannibal and she sees Barney. And Barney breaks Hannibal's arm. Yeah, and that's where the x-ray comes yeah, from and that so burned her head. There are x-rays that have been sold. And so that's how she puts two and two together to go find Barney. Yeah. Because he's the one that broke the arm. And this guy is just coming home from work, mm-hmm. working at the hospital, and she's following him around. He's on his, like, daily walk home. He's <laughs> he's watching the pigeons, and it come, you come to find out, like, he picks up a, a pigeon that's maybe broken its neck or, or a wing or something. He picks it up, takes it home. I missed this entire part it's the with whole the pigeon. thing. Like, it's very sweet. He's taking oh, care of these then, birds. So that's kind of foreshadowing, isn't it? Because we talk about pigeons it, later. Yeah, this, yeah, we're about to. Yeah, but I yeah. missed the pigeon thing. But there's a lot of talk about pigeons. Yeah, but then she... So she approaches him at his front door, essentially, and he's like, I expected to see you. Yeah. And he's like, do I need to be... He says something like... <laughs> do you need to read me my rights or you haven't read me my rights? And she like, it's kind of cute. She leans down into her purse as if there's a microphone is like, for the record, Barney has not been read his memoranda rights. And then they go inside and they have a conversation. Yeah. So we discover that Barney's worked with Hannibal for six years. And she's like, have you ever been worried that he's going to come back out and find you? And he's like, no. Have you ever been worried that he's going to come find you? And she says, I think about him every day. First yeah. indication that she's so alone. She says, she does say the line like, <laughs> he's like a bad habit. I can't put him down. Yeah. She says that. Because you know. your love, your love, your love is my dad. So moving on. Well, yeah, so specifically, she wants the x ray right. because what Mason gave her was an x ray from Buenos Aires. I think she's trying to match them to see if it's the same. Barney does give her, he has it, gives it to her, and then kind of as a bonus, or because he knows she's going to take them anyway, he gives her the original recordings of her and Lecter talking, and you get Barney listening to Lecter. A lot of a lot of it is just Lecter talking in these tapes. It's not like Barney doesn't have a choice. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, let Barney take the evidence yeah. and make some money because he dealt with this crazy ass man for yeah, six years. Yeah, he doesn't years. really have a and choice. And other crazy people. Like, remember the guy in... Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but remember the dude in, I mean, we're going back to Silence of the Lamb, but when he like throws his. Yeah, that's Migs. Mad Migs. That one? Yeah. Okay. Makes yeah, him swallow I, his yeah, tongue. Yeah, he yeah. makes him chew his own tongue off. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so that's what this guy has dealt with for years. Like, just let him make his money. I, I right? totally 100% agree. So. agree. <laughs> let this guy get out and have a life. We'll have a life. But they, she does listen. It starts listening. She listens to the tapes briefly. Uh, and it's it's him talking to Barney. And it's this whole thing. I'm not going to get this right. But it's. Let's see if I can do this. It's. um, He's like. <laughs> all right. He's like. They're, they're pigeon rollers. They're shallow rollers and deep rollers. You see. You can't breed a shallow roller with a deep roller. Because. <laughs> Okay. Or you can't read. Two deep rollers. Yeah. yeah. Because their offspring will fly straight to the ground. What is a rolling pigeon or whatever he's talking about? The it's whole time. It's a real I was thing, like, I'm what sure. What is a yeah. roll? Like they literally roll. Yeah, they're like they roll in the air, they dive, and then they, they come up. They're like, Papa was a rolling <laughs> stone, a deep roller. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> you didn't know that you were going to yeah. get me singing as much on this video. But you but hear it twice welcome. in this movie. I'm trying Aside to set from the your mood singing. for Aside people. from your beautiful singing, your very romantic singing. <laughs> a very, it's so romantic. <laughs> yeah, so. But he does say, yeah. let's hope one of her parents weren't deep rollers. Or they weren't both, yeah. Yeah, yeah something, something like, that. like that. And then we're in Italy. Cut to Italy. Yeah. Oh, but we do discover, before we cut to Italy, we discover that the reason Barney is not worried about Hannibal is because oh, right. Hannibal only likes to eat rude people. Free range rude, he calls them. Free range rude. So that just teaches everyone out there, be nice. All right, so then we move on, and we're in Italy. I thought it was a courtroom, but it's a library, right? Yeah, it's a museum that Lecter is is working at yeah, temporarily. Yeah, initially I was like, where are we? What are yeah. we doing? But yes, yeah, so it's some sort of a library. And then we meet Dr. Er, Dr. Fell, he a.k.a. Is, Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> he is Dr. Fell. A.k.a. Hannibal Lecter. Yes, and there's this investigator, Patsy, right? It, yeah, it's it's Francisco Pazzi. Pazzi. And they also don't give, I don't know, I, I was trying to catch if they give a first name to his alias as Dr. Fell, but I start, I got a giggle out of it because I was like, is he just going by Hannibal Fell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is it that obvious? You know? <laughs> yeah. Norman <laughs> Fell. Yeah. <laughs> but when you meet Pazzi, he's been working on this big case and now he's been sent to investigate this missing museum curator which Hannibal is in the running to take over his job and he immediately jabs him for it yeah uh, this actor's name also because he um the only other movies that I knew him from were he's in the it's weird to say new now because they're not new but the um Daniel Craig Bond movies he's in those his name is Giancarlo Giannini Giannini. And he's a straight up Italian actor. There are actually a few. Straight All, up. There's a, there's, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get their names right when we get to them. But, but there are a bunch of like actual, you know, actual Italian. Yeah. Like these people not never like, been in an Olive Garden. Like, yeah. <laughs> not like Michael over not here. Like we me. found out yeah. his family came from Italy, but then DNA. Turns out we're, we're mostly Romani. Romani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, 
I'm digging it. That's fine. He looks kind of like Vlad the Impaler now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I call him in the bedroom. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, hey. JK, guys. There's an E on that podcast for a reason, everybody. <laughs> so then we're back in the evidence room, and Clarice gets a letter from... From her boyfriend. But before that, the Guinness Book World Record says the... What is it like the female FBI agent that's killed? Is it the most that she's killed people? the most people? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Which is a weird thing. I was like, that is a weird thing to throw in there, but all right, people are giving her shit. I guess that's what she's been doing for the last ten years, because yeah. it's not. You don't see any of that. She <laughs> shot one person on screen, I know, I was like, like that's like, it, that's and she on. she killed James Gum in the original. But so her, so, as far as we know, it's two, but apparently it's the most. Apparently, so that's what she's known for. And then she opens up the letter, and it's from her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. And as as she reads it, you hear Hannibal's voice, and you also see him sitting at a piano and playing this like lovely ballad as he's looking at her clippings from the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Which also he just got these newspapers shipped to Italy because right. they're like they're American yes, newspapers right. that he's looking at. Uh, but I also thought like I know Anthony Hopkins. Um, like wrote wrote like a full symphony symphony or like a piece that was done by a symphony and like so I wondered if it his was wife him surprised him doing I this think. score or whatever I know Hans Zimmer does the score for the movie and if the the score is pretty subdued it's a lot of like piano and strings and stuff also how do we not get like Lecter just listening to Goodbye Horses at any point in this movie like just hanging out and he's just like doing cause stuff. that's what he would listen to I mean come on give us something he, or man eater no, no. <laughs> that's not his style a little cannibal by he's, Kesha he's, he's sophisticated that's true. anyway he's Which playing the piano looking at her why he's such a catch mm-hmm. sophisticated he does everything okay so here's the deal he was a psychiatrist you know uh, I think that's right. Psychiatrist right. or psychologist. But then he goes over here and then he like knows all the shit about Italian art and is running a fucking library and shit. And then he like knows all of this. Stuff. I'm just like, he's how a do learned you know? man. He knows all these languages and then he cooks like he's worldly. He is very worldly. So, you know, some chicks dig that. Maybe like he, Clarice. Maybe. He, <laughs> maybe. Maybe he gained the knowledge from all the people he ate. You think it's like that? (laughs) He eats their brains and then he gains their knowledge. There is a show like that. Yeah. Yeah. You think that's what it is? That's why he's so fancy. He's a fancy boy. Yeah. But so, but he also likes to always like jabber and call her white trash. And so some girls, they like, you know, he's nagging her. That's that's what I was going to say. Give a little, little jab and they're like, wait, what do you mean? I am small. what do you mean and then all of a sudden you're like yeah i guess (laughs) yeah i'm with the cannibal i don't know (laughs) but uh (laughs) we've been together for three years now (laughs) anyway so she opens up the letter from hannibal and it is it is uh it's the letter that we've just talked about that he's reading to her and it's it is Sometimes sweet, and sometimes like he's poking at. Oh, her. and he draws. He dra- it's it's. <laughs> I know it's uh. It's, One more thing it's to literally add to the paint me like your French girls, yeah. Jack. 
Like it's it's the Titanic. No, it kind of looks like so he draws himself and her, but to me, it looked like King Triton from The Little Mermaid. Yeah, it it kind of does look like that. Okay, let's be honest. When I was a little girl, I did not look at King Triton like that. But now, Now when I watch that, I'm like, damn, King Triton is like (laughs) straight zaddy vibes. Like, hey. Yeah, anyhow. That's for later. Gentlemen, they're not I'm the, I'm the only I'm the only lady in the room to I guess. So on this booby picture he yeah, sends her boobies. It also has perfume on it. And she gets a whiff of it and it gives her an idea. Which okay, yeah. So let's talk about that. Um so she's trying to find where the letter came from and they do all of these tests on the paper and the ink and they're like, yeah, you could get this anywhere. This isn't helping us at all find Hannibal. So then she gets this idea to take, are they the, I don't know if they are or not, but so you get all these people sniffing the paper. Yeah, they go to no. like perfume experts. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's that movie. Is it called Scent or Perfume? Perfume, or yeah. yeah. And this guy has extraordinary smell. And it's weird. Maybe we'll touch on that later because it's a weird movie. But yeah, so these people have. But they're experts. They have like yeah. a. What are they called? Like some Not a palette, but yeah. What are yeah, the lines? Like they're like called? a perfume sommelier. Yeah. Sommelier. I, don't know the I forget for that it, word. But all the time every time every time but there's they're sniffing sniffing the paper and then somebody detects an oil oh it's the guy from i'm sorry this i actually okay i actually wrote this actor's name down because he's been in a hundred movies but this is gonna give like my age away and like when i saw (laughs) this guy the first time and he is Ace Ventura's landlord in the first movie? Oh, that's shit, like I forgot Ventura, about that. Yes. and he's like, "Yes, Satan." He that's totally this guy. Is oh, and the I other expert that. is yeah. Samir from Office Space, and I just remember being like, "This is the weirdest it combination." Is a weird combination, it is absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I forgot all about that. You're totally right. So then they're sniffing it, and then they discover this oil. And um, so then she starts being like, where can this oil be purchased? Yeah, and they tell her it's like a handful of places because it has ambergris, which comes from whale fat. And that's pretty much illegal everywhere. And he says, except for a couple of places in Europe and then maybe Japan or whatever. Right. And then um, I think right after that, we see... Potsy starting to follow Lecter around. Yeah, well, it, you see him it's in the station. He walks in the station and he's like, time. My wife needs opera tickets. And like, that's, <laughs> I can't do an Italian, a gruff Italian. I'm sorry. But, and then the two detectives that kind of, they're not really in this movie. They're kind in it. He answers the phone later and talks to Clarice, but they have sort of a little giggle, and he's like, the the detective's young, pretty wife needs opera tickets or whatever, and it you don't really get a backstory on this guy. I don't You don't know if he's a crooked cop or anything. All you really know about him is that he's living outside of his means, it seems like, and he needs money. 
He's a good detective in yeah. this movie. He's, he is. doesn't seem to be a very good husband or person, yeah. but yeah. he seems to be a pretty decent detective. Well, I mean, you could say he's kind of a good person because I feel like he's going. He murders for a, a guy in a little bit. He's got what? I don't remember this part. We're getting there. I think someone gets murdered, but it wasn't him that did it. But but so when Potsy Potsy finds out something's up with this, he didn't care. (laughs) Yeah, he saw the dollar signs. But I think the reason that he's going for Lecter for this money is because we do see a scene where he sees his wife and he's like. Maybe I should do this for her, sort of. Yeah, he loves his wife. Yeah, so in that regards, like, in his mind, he needs to give her more. Yeah. So anyway, so that's his motive for for this whole thing. That's that's really his only motive. Um, And then after after this, we go back to the evidence room with Starling. It's not really. We don't even see Starling yet. Um, She's listening in the corner kind of in the in the background and Paul Krendler uh, Ray Liotta's character walks in and is looking around the evidence boards and there's just all these crime scene photos and all this truly disturbing things that she's put up as evidence and I couldn't stop giggling because she also put up the booby picture that Lecter <laughs> drew and the only thing on the wall that's not covered up she put a post-it note yeah. over her over breasts her in the picture. Yeah. Which aren't even her real boobs. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a drawing of yeah. her boobs. But she's like, nobody can yeah. see this. It's funny. Yeah, so there's that post-it. To, yeah, he goes to pull the post-it off, and he kind of giggles about it when he sees it. And then she unplugs her headphones, and it's immediately like very loud, and it's Lecter's tapes, and he's mm-hmm. talking, and it scares Krendler. And he's, okay, so this is when... I mean, we already know he's a douchebag, but then he's just consistently throughout the movie throwing all... He says some crazy shit. He's, I have and, it. Yeah, and, like, I know we're supposed to hate him, but there's some people you cast because they look unlikable and they just immediately look at him and you're like, I can't stand this person, but... Really, he was a likable guy. He is. They just, I don't know. So I think at some point she's like, why are you treating me this way? Is it because I told you to go home to your wife or whatever? And then he's She's, like, no. And then he says, what? There's like plenty of says, food or something. He's, okay. I, don't you know, how I, I only wrote it down. Okay. Because I, this is like, oh, this is, this is a triggering reason. phrase maybe. But he, <laughs> like, she does, before he you. says this, she, he's like, what are you doing? You scared the hell out of me. And she's like, just thinking about cannibalism. Which I thought was an interesting line. (laughs) Yeah. And then she goes on to tell him, like, uh, how Lecter is who he is. You know, like, he killed a... She tells him the story, like, he killed a flutist in the symphony to make it better. This is where we get the story of, like, he served... He served a four-course meal with sweetbreads and yeah, and like, so many so things. Sophisticated, so sophisticated. $700 bottle of wine. Yeah. And then Krindler says, I always took him for a slur word, you know. Yes. He's insinuating that because Lecter has great is taste cultured. and is cultured yeah. and can cook and all these things that he's gay. Yeah. But he doesn't use that term. Yeah, and that's when she says... 
you know, he's giving her flack and she's like, what, what is this about? Like, I told you to go home to your wife. Like he, he made a pass at her. She refused. And then she says this and he kind of laughs at her and sort of like pretends like that didn't happen. But then he has the line. And the only, the only reason I'm saying it is because he says it again later. And the second time he says it, it's the funniest part of the movie. If this is the movie that there are funny parts in, but he says, Washington DC is full of corn pone country pussy. And you're like, Whoa, dude. Like, it's not like I got kids here, but like, like, I got I didn't know like who, who what movie that? are you in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think after that, after he's like, no, I don't need you. Then he's like, but I would do you right here, right now yeah. sort of thing. So, and she's like, no, she's like anytime in the gym dude. without yeah. pads. He's like, yeah, I'll fuck you he's up. Like, dude. Oh yeah. No, yeah. anyway, but okay. We're back in Italy. Yeah, she calls Italy. She wants to get the a surveillance tape because she's narrowed down where this perfume could have come from. Mm-hmm. It's a handful of places, so because she's trying to get surveillance tapes. Yeah, in so many places. So there's only so many. Yeah, and the guy that answers the phone is Franco. I only wrote his name down because he he's barely a character, but he does talk to her a couple times, and he's got a real hey. I'm Franco Bonetti. Hey, hello, Curry. What's your name, Starling? And like she's like, you can call me Agent Starling. And he is also sketching her boobs as he's talking to her. He's like doing a little drawing. He's doodling in his pad. I didn't catch that part. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Somebody in the slight boobs. But then, okay, after and then Potsy, we go to Potsy who calls the reward hotline. Uh, it's not in service, it says. They call him back, and it's an attorney they recommend him to. When he calls that number, they tell him it's like a pre-recorded thing. It says it's a $100,000 advance for a fingerprint. For just a fingerprint? Yeah, yeah. out of like a $3 million reward, we find out. And I didn't. I don't think I wrote this down. I don't because I think he is. Yeah, but what he's got to do to get the fingerprint. Yeah, and what he has to do. So, so we're, well, we're getting to that. There's, there's, but I think he goes on like I might have wrote it later in my notes. He goes on to the FBI's ten right. most wanted, right. so he knows it's him. Yeah. But I had this thing where like when he clicks on the link and it goes to Lecter's page, it looks like an old school MySpace yes, page. Yes, it does. <laughs> and then it's funny because it's like. <laughs> My top five. Yeah. He just happens to scroll and lectures on the first page. Like, surely there's a lot more criminals in the world that are wanted. But yeah, that's how he knows it is. Just like, there's my guy. And then he finds out that he's extremely dangerous. And yeah, so there's a big reward. And he starts trying to get that reward. Somehow we get to, I think maybe after this is when Potsy goes to see Lecter again. He does. To try as, to get yeah. that fingerprint. He goes to see Dr. Fell. He's not, he is trying to get the fingerprint, but under the, they've already, right. they, we don't see this in the movie, but they've already talked about him coming to get the previous curator's yeah, suitcases that was, was left there. behind. Okay, that yeah, but that's why he's there. Yeah, so he's there, and then Lecter puts gloves on to carry the luggage down. So again, he's trying to avoid. He's trying 
trying to get way. yeah, and and he's trying to get Lecter to touch the bags. Lecter right. doesn't, of course, because he's already on to this. Right. He's been living this life for ten years. He knows what's up. Right. But then at this point, he also he's just always poking people yeah. and trying to rile them up. Yeah. It doesn't really work with the detective ever. He always keep he's pretty calm the whole time, especially in this scene where Lecter talks about Potsy's ancestor who yeah. was disemboweled this and hung from the museum walls, yeah. and he's looking this guy straight in the face and talking shit about his great 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 grandfather and he's like isn't it weird to live in Florence with that name and and he's like honestly like kind of nobody brings it up (laughs) it'd be like if your name was Hitler right right. nobody talks about it nobody really talks about that they're like they do behind his back for sure if that if it's like that big of a deal we also get right here after he does that and he's like okay well let's take these downstairs he asked him if he brought somebody to help he's like no well I'll help you he's got the oh, gloves on oh I know what you're about to say he, I, I love know this I love it so yeah. much he picks it up and he's like okie dokie <laughs> no no that's not what I was thinking he makes the remark he's like oh these are heavy he like carrying a body bodies yeah it's just the okie dokie yeah. that got me okie dokie yeah hit him with okie dokie he's not dishonest no he's, he's not he's definitely yeah he's like bitch try it just it's just such a grandpa line i don't know i liked it a lot yeah so then so now we get on to the poor plan the poor guy that gets yeah so potsy he goes to the market and he buys this bracelet a silver bracelet and then for like thirty thousand lira or something i was like whatever the price was i was like surely it's not as 30 bucks or something yeah i was like surely he's not like i really need this bracelet to get them he just needed it because it was smooth and it would leave a print yeah yeah so he finds this pickpocketer guy that he's dealt with for years and he tells him he needs to do this for him or he's gonna throw him in jail or something like that like he threatens him and the guy's like okay I'll do it not having any clue who the fuck he's messing with yeah Poor guy. And Lecter is dressed like impeccably in this scene. Like he's wearing a full suit, a long black coat, a nice fancy hat. I know we we talked about it the other night because he looks like Father Marin in The Exorcist a little bit. Yeah, like he's dressed he like that. He does. But again, and he's, he's smacking he's his so... gum the whole time. It's a weird choice. <laughs> He likes gum. Yeah. Is it gum or is it like? I assume it, it looks like it's gum. <laughs> like lard on liver or something. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, Anyhow. yeah. Yeah. Go on. Go on. The thief grabs him. <laughs> Lecter already knows what's up. He he's because it's Hannibal Lecter. He he knows what's yeah. going on. The guy grabs him, or even before he can get to him, Lecter just goes straight up, stabs him with something we don't see. I don't believe. And then the guy kind of falls down. Potsy pulls him to the side in this alleyway and he says like he tried to hit me in the balls but he missed (laughs) and he's sweating and you're like dude you don't look good something's something's wrong yeah and you you look down and and he's like holding his femoral artery i assume is where Lecter cuts him and then uh that's when potsy's like let me help you and he pulls his arm i was like this dude just murdered this dude (laughs) because the guy's like i got the fingerprint it tried to hit me in the balls but it missed and then yeah that's whatever yeah he kills this guy they're so he didn't do it uh, well he, he pulled his hand off his leg as he's bleeding to death i mean he was already gone 
There are so few deaths in this movie. It's weird that I know it's on purpose, but the most likable character in this whole movie is Hannibal Lecter. And it's that's a problem, I think. No, I think that's kind of the point of movies is to like sway the audience. You know what I mean? I also kind of like, like Cordell. Sometimes it's like you're going for the villain <laughs> and you're going for somebody else. But yeah, they're supposed to present it in a way that sways our emotions. And so, yeah, we're like, we like Lecter now because we find out, oh, well, he only eats rude people. It's not like he eats, you know, nice little nuns or something. I don't know. I don't know. But right. yeah. <laughs> So here, so, going to the next scene. This yeah. I wrote down in my notes. Meet the Mario's. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> because we meet the Mario brothers here. I called them. I I have some of their names, and I didn't catch one of theirs. I've just been for the rest of this time. I'm just going to call them Mario, Wario, and Luigi because I'm pretty sure one of them's name is actually Luigi, but it's Carlos, Luigi, and I'm just going to call him Wario because I don't. I don't remember. Did but. you say Wario? Yeah, Wario. Did you War- ever play yeah, those no, games? I remember yeah. Wario, yeah. Do, 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 You don't remember? I, I remember. I, I've never been good at video games, anyway, but you, I do remember them. You, you, meet, <laughs> you meet these uh, Sicilian brothers sitting down at a table, and they're playing dominoes or something. It's not bocce ball, because they're all sitting down, and Mason calls them. It's like, hey, the plan's a go. Mm-hmm. This is where you find out that these guys' whole job, apparently, is to raise pigs to eat men. Which is like, man, you live in Sicily. Like, you could be growing olives or, like, Roma tomatoes but or also, something. But like, also, what? you realize that, like... <laughs> I felt like they've been planning this. Like he's just been like, "This is the way it's got to happen. You got to raise these pigs to eat yeah, animals for this when for we catch them." Like he's how just, many years have you been paying these, these guys? Are, I know that's what I'm kind of wondering. And then the guys, he's like, "Let me hear it," and they have a recording of a guy screaming. Yeah, and the pigs—they are but trying to like attack this dummy when they, the screaming they are, happens. But, but I. Th- I was under the impression that Mason thought that they were just feeding actual people to the pigs, and he thought that is at the they're he was like oh yeah that, yeah he's 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 enjoying it a little too much, yeah. but yeah I think he thinks that they're actually doing this to a guy, right. but for them they're just like yeah this you're idiot like, calls us he wants to hear it <laughs> this guy calls us every couple weeks and we got to keep doing this also how much do you feed? you got to feed these pigs man like it's not yeah. cheap to keep pigs that you're not like using for meat and stuff and really. I mean, Finding someone to feed to them, you know, is a recording. It makes sense. Right, right, exactly. They've got a good scheme going here until I think this is the moment where they're like, oh shit, like, we actually actually might have to do this. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, so, so Potsy, he gets away with the whole thing. He gets paid, but then he's like, fuck it, I can make more money. He doesn't just take the hundred thousand. Yeah, they give him hundred thousand. They suggest that he stays out of it, and he'll get the rest once. All he has to do is point Lecter out. That's all they want him to do. They say leave this up to professionals, and this is that whole pride comes before the fall thing. Yeah. He's like, I am a professional. That was, a, that was like German or something. What was that Russian? <laughs> I'm a professional. I, I can't. I can't actually do it. Bro. I am a professional. <laughs> Try to do it like Mario. <laughs> I am a professional. <laughs> I don't think that's what he sounds like, but I can't do... He's got a pretty flat delivery, so... Uh, 
and then uh, after all this, Allegra gets to go to the opera. Oh yeah, that's she finally yeah. gets to go to the opera. Look at that. He gets to take his good wife husband, to the opera. but the whole reason he goes is because Hannibal Lecter is there at the opera, and it's a cool ass like opera. It's all it outdoors. Scene, it's yeah. beautiful. It's well shot. It looks good. Yeah, and so he's there enjoying the opera, and Potsy's looking at him, and then he and then Lecter turns around know. and is like, "I, I know, you. dude." Yeah. And it's like super uncomfortable. He holds the gaze just like way too long like Fonzie tries to look way like whenever you accidentally realize you're staring at someone yeah. and you do the whole like oh oh sorry yeah. and so and then he looks back and like, Hannibal Lecter is still just like yeah it's creepy it's it's the yeah. first really creepy Hannibal face you get you get another one later but this is the first one yeah, really so he's like I see you and I know what you're up to and so there's that whole thing and then this part's really great because well, I don't know. Are, are you, you talking gonna, about after the opera? It's at the opera, yeah. but after they finish yeah. the, the singing and all of that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, so then he approaches, Hannibal approaches Potsy and the Allegra. Potsies. Yes. And he's like, hey, you know, and then Potsy's just kind of trying to play it off like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> Dr. Phil. And then that's whenever Hannibal slides in all like, mm-hmm. He's it's Mr. Steal Your Girl. He yes. is Mr. Steal He's trying to cut he this is dude like, is what's ooh. happening. Yeah, like, it is... He's like, what are you guys into? He's like, yeah. So he gives her, is, is it, it like an original He's like, I Dante really like your vibe. Poem or something <laughs> yeah. like that? He gives her a page. But she's just like carrying around. Poem. Like he carries this all the time. Also, this this came from the museum he right, works I'm, at, right. right? I mean, like, it clearly does. He's like, this is historical. Yeah. Let me just rip this out. I'm going to take just it. like, yep, here we go. All right. Take that. Nobody right. needs that. I'll take that too. <laughs> and he's just giving this these things away. But he's just another thing is he's just carrying this this poem around, and that's whenever you realize like he's a romantic because the poem is all about like it's this, it's a love poem. And yeah, he but reci- it's, he she reads it. She reads part of the line, and then he recites the rest of it from memory to her, mm-hmm. looking at her in the eyes. I mean, talk about romantic if anybody out there just take notes from Hannibal man all you gotta do is read a sonnet to somebody and they're you know but I, but I think that the poem yeah <laughs> I mean it's been done a lot in history right there's some famous oh, yeah. some famous yeah so anyway but the poem is like basically about a guy that falls in love after basically like first sight right and yeah. so then she's she's like do you believe that that happens that a man can become obsessed with right, the woman after yeah. a single encounter and then he says something along the lines like if she makes him feel a certain way or whatever yeah, I don't remember and you realize he's thinking he, about, he's Clarice. about Clarice yeah. yeah he is it's like the first really explicit moment in this mm-hmm. movie we're like oh okay yeah and he's carrying that around probably because it reminds him of Clarice and, and that's love guys that's love. All right. It's just crazy to me. This guy's trying to get a job at a museum, and he's just ripping this place <laughs> off. I mean, I know it's not his worst crime, but come on. You're, he respects the arts. You know, he should know yeah. better. But then Clarice finally discovers that Hannibal Lecter is in Italy. Like, she gets confirmation. 
Yep, she sees the video. She sees a, a video of him in a She perfume. also sees that uh, somebody has been um, accessing the VICAP logs, as she calls them, or the FBI's logs. And she can see their, you know, email. At this point, it just shows their email. Like today, it would be like an IP address or something, I'm sure, that they're looking at. But uh, it's, and it says, it's like, it's funny because the email is like, Clarice Starling at FBI.com. <laughs> and then under it, it's like, Francisco Potsy at whatever Italy's yeah. thing. You know, it's very like, in case you guys weren't paying attention, this is what it is. Yeah. But she figures it out. So she calls and confronts him and is like, I, I strongly suggest that you don't go after Lecter. Right. He's very dangerous. He's killed all these people. And he just hangs up on her because yeah. he. Well, he's trying to pretend that he doesn't know anything about it. And she's like, well, someone's been accessing these records from your computer. And he goes, oh, we all use the same computers here. And she's like, no, your home computer, dude. Like, yeah. The one oh, you trying house. to fool yeah. i'm in the fbi <laughs> i'm clarice yeah. do you know who i am <laughs> like excuse you and then he's like yeah whatever whatever he doesn't heed her warning and jokes on him yeah it sucks or does it i don't know he was warned. But we move on to Lecter so, yeah. giving that lecture. Yeah. Which Lecter's giving a lecture. Lecture, the lecture. <laughs> lecture, the lecture app. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's talking about this art piece, and there's so much foreshadowing. Right? Yeah, and the Mario brothers are outside. Yeah. And they're, they're talking. Potsy's like called him and is like, hey, we're, you know, it's on. Yeah. It's on. Let's do this. And so it's like Lecter's always one step ahead because of all. All of the things that he could have been talking about. He's talking about this particular painting. And there's a lot of like religious paintings and stuff and the crucifixion. Yeah, he's talking about and Judas and, and Jesus crucifixion. And yeah. Dante's Inferno. And then we get to another piece of art where this man is hanging. And there's the um What's it called? Debowelment. Yeah, and he touches, actually, as he's giving the speech, um, Potsy is sat down. Lecter knows he's there. He's acknowledged him. And he goes up and he kind of, he puts his hand on his yeah. shoulder, and that's when he gives a line. I only wrote it down because it sounded, it was interesting. He says, avarice, hanging, and self-destruction. I'll make my own home be my gallows, is like the interpretation or the translation of whatever he's reading. And then he finishes his his lecture. Yeah, but the whole time he's talking, he's just like has his hand on this man's shoulder again to be like way uncomfortable. Like, yeah. This is lingering a bit too long. Like, dude, I gotta go. Yeah. So then we everyone leaves and all of that, and it's just Potsy and Lecter. He says, "I think you got the job." <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I think you got the job. <laughs> It's <laughs> worse. And then so, yeah, so then Lecter, he pretty much lets him know that he knows that the dudes are outside waiting on him. And then he shows him the piece he of artwork. And he's like, slide. do you know? Yeah, he yeah. changes the slide. I and remember there's, when I was talking about your ancestors, yeah. I found that picture. Yeah, well, he's like, do you know what this is? And he's like, this is 
the Potsy dude hanging. And it happens to be that that guy's hanging from the that same building, it's right? Same like building. that's where it happened. Yeah. So I mean, come on, how this perfect is, is that? Is, He's all, a good planner as well, which is like, yeah. wow, that's so romantic. It's incredibly <laughs> foreshadowed. It's like it's the rule of movies where like if you see a gun in the first act, it's gotta be be used by the third act. Yeah. In this movie, it's like if you see a guy talk about your dead ancestor in the first act, you're gonna do exactly the same thing that he yeah, did in the third act. Know. You just know it's coming. Yeah. Like the whole time he's talking about the artwork and Potsy's there, you know it's coming. And then he he does the thing where he shows him the dude that's dead, his Potsy ancestor, whatever. And so then he's like wraps him up and what is it? Like this is yeah, right something? before like you get this is where you get the second like really creepy lector face and it, it actually bothered me the first time I watched this movie because it's the f- I don't know what they did different or it's just Sir Anthony Hopkins just being like super creepy but there's a shot you can look it up or watch the movie and you'll see what I'm talking about where he turns around and it's like it's a he's the monster all of a sudden you don't get a lot of that in this movie but he's totally on board for murder right now and he says I've been giving very serious thought to eating your wife oh yeah eating one way or another one way or another he he's eating he's eating yeah but then like you said this is where he uh but but he's like so that's the thing too because in the beginning he mentions clarice and her feet right and then and like something about he wanted to know how her feet taste something well no 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 the toes come later but he did say in the recordings when i was talking to his pal what's his name the guy that was selling all the stuff but he was talking about how he sometimes wonders how she tastes but when he says it it's like super sexual and then whenever he mentions eating the dude's wife it's like super sexual like mm. he talks that way to everybody he's always it's like the delivery is just like oh i might give you a little taste then this is kind of doing something for me he talks that way to everybody I'm, I'm, speaking easy for, mark. I'm speaking for Clarice. No, but the, okay, so here's another thing. Awesome. Another reason why Clarice could fall for Lecter, because I think that a lot of people would be like, I don't understand. Like in the movie, it doesn't happen, but in the books, it does, right? So there's the whole thing where he understands her and her upbringing, and he knows her more than anyone knows her, like without even knowing her that long. So she sees, she feels seen, right? Which is like intriguing and he's so smart and everything. And then there's, of course, like the little megging, negging, what is it called? Negging. Negging, (laughs) negging. But, But also, so I guess it's pretty common for like psychiatrists of all of the medical professionals to have inappropriate relationships with their patients, I've heard. Yeah, it happens. So, I mean, there's that whole thing thing too and I think the reason for that is because yeah they're like somehow they're opening up to these people and all their darkest secrets and you're fears having these and deepest conversations right, you've ever had with anybody you never would, yeah. and they just automatically understand yeah. and they're like yeah I get you and so she's she's being seen by Lecter but cool yeah so so that's that's what I think that's my interpretation oh. my, yeah so okay so moving on 
Where were we now? So, yeah, he wraps Patsy up in the cord and he pushes them outside to that little balcony, yeah, balcony. where his he's ancestor. He's got him on like a, a rolly cart yeah. tied to it. Mm-hmm. And that rolly cart, that's even foreshadowed because whenever you open up to that lecture, you see the guy that works there using it to pull like books or something up. And then. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He also says, okie dokie again in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Okie dokie time to die. Yeah. Cause after he, that's the point where he's like, I'm giving thought to eating your wife. And he's like, if you just tell me what I want to know, okay, I'll leave town. Yeah. He does. He goes, okie dokie. And then he rolls him out there and then he gives him the option. He's like, you know, bows in or out. And he's like, allow me to choose for you. And then he slices him with a blade, throws him off the balcony. And it is rough. Yeah. And so you Ooh. see like, you know the whole Bunch thing. Of sausage hit the street. Yeah, yeah. it's just like splat. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's great. It's we, a great. It shot. is great. It's, it's a great it's, shot. It's pretty affecting. And, and come to find out, so when they did that, because they actually filmed in Italy yeah. at those at that stores. location. Yeah. yeah right. So with the blood, they had to make sure that the blood wasn't anything that would stain. Yeah, they they the said something like it, we couldn't have it like blood stain the stucco or whatever. Right. And we both were like, uh, "This is Florence, right?" <laughs> like, pretty sure there's been blood right. in the streets Plenty here of before. Plenty <laughs> throughout of history. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Maybe not recently, but it, it's been around. That stucco survived this long. I think yeah. it's gonna be okay. So there's that, and then so yeah, he dies in the exact same manner. And everyone's yeah. freaked out on the streets. And then Lecter makes his exit. On his way out, he kills uh, Luigi, which I think actually is this guy's name. I'm not just making <laughs> fun. I think it actually is. Because uh, we do find out it's Carlo's little brother. Carlo finds him and is uh, visibly upset about it. Yeah. I think this dude's name is Luigi, though. He's like, it's a me, my little brother, Luigi. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so then Clarice, we, we cut to her, and she is, sees the surveillance video from the balcony, sees Lecter's face, and then he kind of recedes in the background. She starts crying, and then we see a shot of her running through the woods, well, much like the first movie, where yeah. the intro to the first movie. So, so, but when she sees it, Mason also sees this video, and like... And he's wearing the mask. But he waves. He realizes there's that camera that saw everything. So he waves. And then I liked Mason's line because he says, do you think that wave is a like hello or a goodbye? And to me, it's almost like both because he's waving hi to Clarice. But I think he might be also to Mason like you're going to get yours, bitch. Yeah, so when it cuts to... Just to, like that, because that is exactly how yeah, Hannibal Lecter uh, speaks. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah he, that sounds like him. You're gonna um, get jaws, bitch. When it cuts to Berger... <laughs> good grief. <laughs> would, actually, uh, I wish he would say that. That would be funny, but... Okay, sorry. Michael. It's fine, I got lost. Are you um, flustered? No, no. So, it, like you said... Uh, Verger is watching it as well. He's wearing the mask and he's like, Call down, call down. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> he's like, What do you think he wants to kill her or eat her or what? And then Cordell's like, I don't know. 
I, maybe all three in, in what order I don't want to know about or something. And then Virgil does this thing where he's like, and he gives him the straw to have a drink. It's the gr- again. I'm eating popcorn here, man. I'm trying to watch a movie. Just the noise of like that. It's so gross. Is that like what is that ASMR? Yeah. Is anyone calmed by this? Like, no. It's actually <laughs> making me probably. Yeah, that's actually disturbing. Let's, let's not do that anymore. I'm gonna talk like this in my ASMR voice. Quit it. Okay, so we find out. <laughs> so after this whole uh, scene happens, it's the same scene, but uh, Mason calls Krindler, Kindler, Krindler, which is Leota's character on the phone. This is where you find out that he's like, not only is he just kind of a dirtbag kind of guy, he's actually crooked, and he's on the take from Verger. He's getting paid to do these things. And so he sends this letter to Krindler, and as he's reading it, he's like, well, what do you think? Or whatever he says. And he's like, well, I don't know. It sounds like it could be him or whatever. I don't know if it's, I don't know if he would write like this. And he's like, well, he didn't write it. I did, you <laughs> idiot. Now I'm just Skeletor. <laughs> you boob. Like, it's, he, he just calls him an idiot, basically. And he's like, how much? Now it really just is Skeletor. Um, and he's like, how about five or whatever? And this is kind of a, a funny shot because he's on the balcony in his wheelchair and he's wearing these black shades, like risky business style <laughs> shades as he's on the phone. And he's like, just throw it out there. Like, how much? And he turned us like $500,000 or whatever. So that's the, the price that he's buying Krindler for yeah. to to um, make it where Clarice can be suspended because she's compromised. The letter makes it seem like her and Lecter are already in cahoots. Yeah. So she's suspended. She is suspended. And then we see... Um, so she's at home doing shit because she's like... She cleans her whole kitchen. Time. She's Why cleaning the kitchen and drinking whiskey. Yeah. And then... All goes for a bike ride. Yeah. And Lecter breaks into her house, right? It's his house. That, he breaks into house? Paul's house. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, no. I thought that was He like, does double break-ins he here. Broken. He breaks I into Paul's yeah. house first. Crandler's house. Her house. He finds a piece of mail. At least this is how I interpreted it. It's not super clear, but it makes sense for the narrative, I guess. I think the piece of mail he finds has the address to Paul's, like, summer house or his lake house Mm -hmm. and that's why he goes there later because that is his house but then he does immediately pretty much immediately break into Clarice's also while she's asleep oh but before that before that he's like shopping for this fancy dinnerware and like yeah and he breaks into a hospital and gets all these tools and everything but you don't see how you just like I mean it's cut out you don't need to know how he's smooth he's criminal he do all this stuff. Smooth. Breaks it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great. He does go shopping then, here. Yeah, he goes shopping and gets all the shit. And then he breaks into her house and she's like cleaning and listening to his tapes. And then she's asleep, I think, by the time she is asleep. He takes the glass of whiskey out of her hand and puts it gently on the table. And this is what's weird too, is because 
Because he's dressed in sweats and a hoodie. Not that part, but yeah, for him, that's a bit... It's a little weird. His his outfit, his next two outfits are a little disturbing. Yeah, but I'm talking about whenever he she's sleeping and he brushes her hair back mm. like this. And I'm sorry, if you live alone and like maybe I don't know how much whiskey she had. Either if she had that much whiskey, she wouldn't have reacted at all. But she, she was sober enough that she bit, reacts, yeah. but it's like she presses into his mm. finger like... Like, mm. Yeah. Ooh. Like you were just expecting someone to be brushing your hair back. I feel like if you lived by yourself, you would be like, what the fuck? Like you would wake, you know what I mean? People don't just gently brush your hair back when you live alone. That's a bit creepy. But isn't that romantic? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> isn't it romantic? Yeah. So I feel like it's almost like she was hoping that he would break into her house and that he would brush her hair back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much. No, yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's a lot in this movie that you, we've talked about a lot, but there's some just little bits and nods that you see of them, like the way they look and the way the scene shot. It, we're already at a point where their connection is more established than it than it even was in the first movie. Like they're definitely implying that we we know where it's going, sort of, but. Yeah, little lovebirds. Yeah. We got a little love nest working here. They're yeah. they're trying at least, or it's oh, yeah. starting to be. Okay, so a big plot point that I feel like we left out earlier was that the whole reason Mason wrote that phony letter and everything was because he said the only way Lecter would come back is if he thought she was in distress. Yeah, and so he saw that she was let go and she was in distress because her she, job means everything her. to her. Yeah. And so, yeah, it comes back to save the day. All right. So, yeah, after this point, after he's in the house, uh, she wakes up or he calls and wakes her up. And then he says, you know, once she's on the phone, she realizes it's him. He says, I know that you're going to try and call the FBI as soon as you can. So I've left this other phone here. I'm going to give you, what does he say? Shall we say three seconds to switch the batteries, call me back so that I know you can't do anything else. And she does. And somewhere in here is, that's when he mentions her feet. He says she has very shapely, <laughs> don't remember the feet shapely thing. <laughs> feet. But he does say, you know. And he sucks toes. That's he, another reason to love Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks those. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to spell it out for everyone. Like people might be like, but he eats people. But so do like vampires. They suck blood, right? Mm-hmm. You know. But girls love vampires. So what's the difference, ladies? And all those gentlemen that also like vampires. What's the difference? There is no difference, which is why she's in love with Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Okay, but sorry. I'm distracting from the... Yeah, anyway, so after okay. when he calls her, he says, you know, it's tells her she shouldn't bring a gun because she's suspended or whatever and it's a crime, but bring them if you must because he knows she's going to. He can hear it click, I'm sure, because she's loading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she heads out on the road. A van follows, and she's like, why are we doing it this way? And he's like, I like to watch you while we speak. I like to watch mm-hmm. you. Mm. So they're driving down the road. 
He directs her to Union Station where we see that he's not in the van. He's actually parked at Union Station wearing what can only be described as like a fly fisherman's costume. He's wearing, he's wearing like, <laughs> like, a, like a T-shirt. He's the of disguise. Yeah, a flat build cap <laughs> and some jeans. He might as well have the vest with tackle and, and uh, fish hooks on it because that's what he looks like. Uh, but that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they're still on the phone. He's sort of circling around. He's following her as they walk through Union Station. We see that the Mario brothers are there, and they're also stalking her. They're who's been in the van. Right, and she, she realizes she's being followed, and he's like, I know. And she warns Lecter that Mason's after him. He's like, I know. I'm not worried. I'm Hannibal Lecter. And, and she then. says, don't help me. Mm-hmm. And he does, or attempts to. Right. And then he's still calling her white trash and stuff, which is... He does, kind of. No, he does. He, like, throughout this whole thing, he just keeps calling her white trash and he, being like... He's not calling her that, but he's he like... He does, and his, Do you think the he talks I about... I respect you. And he's <laughs> like, you'll trash your parents and the double wide trailer, yeah. or is it just a single wide trailer? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like... <laughs> on blocks or whatever yeah. yeah like he's just like very very with your three-legged dog in yeah, the yard it's, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of that yeah so then but, but then, then he, oh yeah wait he leaves her toes, shoes yeah. he leaves her gucci okay so okay i have to touch on this because back in the day it seemed like there were a lot of movies like romance movies where a guy would like send a box up and the woman would open it and it would be like, wear this. And you just happen to know her size and it's like a beautiful gown. And then, you know, a town car comes and gets her and all of that shit. And it's like, I used to think that was really romantic. I don't know how I would take it in real life, but it seems romantic. And so he leaves her these Gucci shoes and she's like, wow. I wondered, she accepts him. She doesn't leave him there, which is interesting. She why doesn't did she, leave him there. Why did she get it? She's like, oh, Gucci shit. FBI doesn't pay me this much. Like, that was my question because like, I wasn't she sure takes if the she... Shoes. Does she take them? Do she, you see her with them later? Is she, she wearing them at the, at the end scene? She's wearing them at the end scene, which makes me think she took the shoes with her. You don't see her take the shoes, but she accepts okay. the shoes. Well, good for her. So, Carlos and the remaining brothers tase Lecter, put him in the van lock shackle him and they get him to verger's place and her boss shows up is very pissed off she tells him exactly what happened he tells her again that like you're not supposed to be here don't lie to me it could be charges if you do and she's like three men in a van i think it was lector you could deputize me or whatever he's like no you're not going anywhere stay out of this go home but then she seems like very concerned too that they have lector she is concerned that's what gets her there she's like they have Lecter. They have Lecter. Like, why do you care? This man is terrible. He eats people and stuff. But yet she has to go in and save the day. And she does to an extent. So, yeah. So she goes after yeah, him. You see a shot of her. I didn't talk about it before, but she has this sweet, like, 5.0 liter 80s black Mustang. Oh, yeah, that you see yeah. several times in this movie. And there's a mention of it in the beginning yeah, because Mason, Mason's like, he, he knows by it. the noise. Yeah. yeah, the sound. But she, you see her driving across a field after the state police have just searched the mansion. They find nothing. And then Verger calls and is like, well, bring him home or whatever he says. 
And so then she goes across the field so that she's not noticed. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where Mason Berger and Lecter see each other again for the first time since Lecter made him um, cut his face off. Yeah. And so Mason reveals that he has this brilliant plan and he's going to have Lecter Tells him what's going to happen. Dinner. Yeah. Tells, Starting with his feet. Yeah, tells him about all the, talks about the teeth a lot of the pigs and yeah. describes what they're going to happen. He says, you know, they're going to eat your feet first and then we're going to put you on a saline drip and we'll keep you in pain. Seven hours later, we'll do this again. And mm-hmm. and then he says something like, I bet you wish you would have fed me to the dogs. And then Hannibal has a line where he's like, no, Mason, I much prefer you this way. Like, he gives him another <laughs> yeah. jab of yeah. like, fuck you, buddy. Like, <laughs> You piece of shit. And, and Mason's like, just love me. Yeah. I yeah. love you. And he's like, dinner at eight. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm doing this to you because I love you. Yeah, it is kind of, I think it's just the obsession. Like, he's just obsessed. This guy ruined his life. And like, it's the obsession. I think I there think, is a little bit of that like. No, but I think he still has a thing for him yeah. because he's like. I get you better than Clarice does because I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm I'm like you and you should love me. Lecter gets under your skin, I guess. I guess, under your skin. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, so, yeah, they set it up. Lecter's all, like, tied up and shit and the pigs come out. He's brought in, like, full yeah. Christ pose on a yeah. forklift with the mask on. Mask on. And then Mason comes out, like, all hoity-toity. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go watch him. And Cordell pushes him. Cordell. He brings him over there to watch. And then Clarice comes in. Yeah, right before she does, he's Cordell's like, I don't think I can be here. I want to be here or something. Or he's like, if if I could, I'd like to not be. And Verger's like, no, you're in it. Like, you're here. And then, yeah, Clarice shows up. Yeah. In fact, I think she shows up before they do because they're expecting to see. Oh, that's right. Because they haven't um, seen Lecter yet. Hannibal being eaten, but she comes in to save him. She cuts him out, and then she shoots Wario first. She shoots shoots Fat Mario first, (laughs) and then there's a guy in the things. What are those called? Up above. In the wings, he says. Up in the loft. He shoots Clarice in the shoulder, to which she passes out. It's right. Okay, but right before that happened, like as this is happening, Uh she's about to cut Lecter down and he's like you know this would be faster if you gave me the knife and she trusts him him. Mm -hmm. and then he's like there was another one here in the wings and she looks behind her and he goes no behind me gives her the location that's when the guy fires and she shoots back does kill the guy and we missed this before but there is a line right before this where um, Carlo the remaining the sort of the the oldest brother I assumed is putting the saline drip on Lecter and he's like you smell you must smell about as bad as your brother does right now or something like that (laughs) just just poking the bear man he's always just poking people but yeah anyway she saves him she gets shot right and then he carries her out and the pigs are eating the brothers which by the way yeah we I mean they look amazing right but we found out that those bodies are made entirely of gelatin. Yeah, it's a cool look looking mold. so good in the pigs. Yeah, so the pigs are actually eating those mm-hmm. um, bodies, the fake bodies that they made, but they look incredible. 
Yeah, and they the, said they the had to build like fake. They build a couple of fake boar heads because they realized right. it might be dangerous to have this many of these animals in with the actors. So you should watch it. It's probably on YouTube or wherever you right, can find it, or it's on the DVD. The if you watch the, the DVD, going down the bike. It's really cool. Yeah, they did a great so job. There's a lot of cool puppet. SFX in this movie. Yeah, really, really great SFX. And then, so that's whenever you know Mason and Cordell come in, and they see that the plan is ruined. Yeah. And, and he's like, call down, call down, shoot him, shoot him. And uh, yeah. then uh, Lecter's like, you know, Cordell, you can always push him in and say it was me. And he does, <laughs> man. He does, he, yeah. he takes that chance. And again, I'm like, dude, you're like a full-on doctor. Like, first of all, why are you working for this guy? And second of all, you could have smothered this guy with a pillow 10 years ago. Like, you didn't need to be caught up in all this. Yeah. Poor Cordell. Cordell. Not that I'm recommending you smother anybody with pillows. But he could have done it. I'm just kidding. Yeah, he could have. But so Mason gets his, the pigs eat him, and his plot. And then it's a 4th of July party at Paul's place. Yes, so now we're back at Paul's. And she wakes up. So, yeah, Lecter cleans up her rooms. Okay, so this is another thing. So another skill that he has is he just happens to know how to surgically remove a bullet and clean it and sew her up. Like, what does he not know how to do? He's a uh, he's he is he's a man of many talents. Yes, he absolutely is. So he does that, and then drugs are up because you know she was shot, and she wakes up, and she is in a beautiful gown with the Gucci shoes on. Yeah, it's yeah. a good-looking dress. And there's like food, like because you, you see him cooking, and you hear the stuff sizzling up, and he's chopping up like fresh herbs and all this butter and you just imagine it smells delicious and so she's waking up in this beautiful outfit all relaxed because she's had a bit of whatever he shot her up with and it smells great (laughs) so she's like this is great guys this is how i want to wake up all the time just kidding that's not what happened before she starts walking downstairs paul has also come home lector knocked him out there's a sparkler on the table that gets paul's attention and lector's like good you brought the wine (laughs) and he knocks him out also drugs him so as she's walking downstairs you hear it was interesting so i had the subtitles on when i was watching it because sometimes i do that we do that sometimes uh, and you don't really hear it in the dialogue, but the subtitle had the conversation between Lecter and Paul fully transcribed. And it's interesting because he's like, they're just having this kind of friendly back and forth, really. And he's talking to Paul about manners, about table setting and how to be, be polite <laughs> at dinner and stuff. Yeah. It's almost sweet. It's a really weird moment. And that's as she's going downstairs. And the whole time you hear the drill sound yes, and yeah. stuff. And we know what's happening because yeah. he stole all that stuff from the hospital. But uh, so something bad is going something on. Something not good's happening. But she's trying to, you know, call for help and one of the phones is disconnected and then there's another one that's connected but it's one that's connected to... It's back in the day when you had lines on phones and you could, mm-hmm. like on the old school yeah. ones. So he sees that she picked up the line he knew she was going to do that. Yeah, he knew he allows all that was going to happen. happen. And so she calls for help. Calls and she's cops. still t- 
like out of it and stumbling down the stairs and then she walks in to find the dinner party yeah. and Hannibal is cooking tableside which is super cool and fresh yeah, I didn't see a single guacamole or Caesar salad in no, there. Oh no, it's like even better. Yeah, even better. But yeah, Crandler's sitting there. He's laughing. He is obviously doped up. And in this scene, I really love Ray Liotta's performance. He's in this scene. great. It's awesome. He's great. And I don't think the first time I watched it. I don't think I was too disturbed. I think by what was happening yeah. to to see the humor in it. But now when I watch it, I'm like, he's just he's killing it. Yeah. In it. Like, yeah. So he's saying all types of terrible shit to Clarice, and she's just taking yeah. She it. she tells he tells her to go to bed. She says no, I'm hungry. So she sits down. Paul's being what he's being. And then Lecter's like, Paul, would you like to say grace? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I did the same thing. Grace. But she does say grace. He does start with like, grace. Thinking, yeah. And he's like, our father or whatever, bless his food. And he says, this comes up again. And he's like, uh, he calls her white trash again. He's like, please bring Clarice yes. into my service. And he says, by the way, that he's still praying. He says, right. by the way, that was a job offer. And he says, and he's it's him like he's just repeating a phrase that he it's like his memory right. connecting these yeah. conversations it's not even that he's saying it i don't think mm-hmm. but then he says again washington's full of corn pone country p word and 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 then it's brains man it's brains but but so what was interesting is like the whole movie Lecter's been calling Clarice white trash and just the but the, the minute man Paul it. says Ooh. it, he like looks at him like, Oh, really? You don't say that. He does say like you're being rude. Right. Oh, 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 one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite things that he says is when he goes to cook the brains, he's like, I don't think he'll miss this part. And it's the frontal lobe, the which seed is seed of good manners. Right. It's says. responsible yeah. for, for the judgment and all of that stuff. So because this also he's looks awesome. Crass, yeah. Yeah. And they made a full blown Leota puppet too, yeah. which is crazy. And they, they like merged the the um practical effects with the visual mm-hmm. effects which is really cool because you can't really see yeah, it looks good. the difference but I did notice this time there's the brain bit, you yeah. can you can definitely see there's like some CGI there but they they used actual animal brains mm-hmm. for the because when I was looking at it, I was like that's cooking up really yeah, well that's definitely brain out. that looks like brain and I only know this guys because of anatomy classes and I had to dissect not because I you know, I'm not a cannibal. Yeah. Let's so, just. <laughs> yeah, not yet, apparently. No, no. But when we become famous, <laughs> oh, all these yeah, things yeah. are going to come out. Oh, I'm wearing red because it's Valentine's, not because I'm like in the Illuminati or sure. anything. We got to We got to clear all these yeah. rumors up now. First episode. <laughs> I'm not a cannibal. <laughs> this is not like yeah. some. This is a ritual. bit. This is a bit that we're <laughs> doing. Is, yeah. yeah, this yeah. is a bit. Nope. Yes. Yeah, no. We don't no. like cannibals. He sautés a little bit of it, and Paul says, "Man, that smells good." Mm-hmm. And then he feeds it to him, and man, it is like, woo! That is rough. Yeah, and she's like, 
Yeah, she's freaking out, and it's too late now. Because at first she's like, oh, I would really, really, I would really, really like some wine. And right. He's like, but you've had mossy. Yeah, you don't need it on the brain. And she's like, no, I'm good, man. I'm having trouble trying to keep my lunch down now. Yeah. Uh, but then he says, given the chance you would deny me my life, wouldn't you? And she says, not your life. And he goes, my freedom then. And then he goes on again to tell her how, like, the FBI despises her. Mm -hmm. They've never wanted her there. She doesn't fit in the boys' club. She's not a part of it. And then he takes Paul out of the room, who is still coherent, even though he's had his skull cut off, and or the top of his skull cut off and part of his brain's eaten, but he's still, like, doing his type five. Like, he's still he's still being goofy. You almost feel bad for him because he's so just, like... A little like, bit. Like, yeah. oh, well, that tastes great. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, a tiny bit, but... But then, yeah, as he's moved, you see a shot of all these cop cars coming across the bridge that we've seen them go in and out of this place in the or at least the characters have been going over this bridge. Lecter has been. But it's a bunch of cop cars approaching. She attacks him. Lecter grabs her and then uh, pushes her against the refrigerator. Yeah. Some great lines right here. And I, I wrote them down because I knew... Like, this is kind of the most important scene in the movie, really. Because it is like... Up until this ending, we you didn't we could have went e- anyway. This is an, an important scene in the movie, and it's the the crux of it. It's it's what it is. But he does say, "I came halfway across the world to watch you run. Let me run now." And then there's a little bit of back and forth between them again for just another minute. And then he says, he gets real close to her, and he's like, "Would you ever say to me, stop? Yeah, so if you love me, stop. Yeah." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. And then she like, says, never. Never. And he says, that's my girl. That's my girl. Yeah. And then he grabs the cleaver, and you see him put their arms on the table. You don't see the shot of the arms. You just see his face. Well, because she cuffs him. Yeah. When he, he goes in to kiss her, and then she cuffs him. Yeah, so they're And tied. she cuffs him to There's her. No yeah, yeah, so that's whenever he grabs the cleaver. He lifts it up, and you just see the shot of his face right as he lifts it, and he's like, this is really going to hurt. And then it comes down, and you see her reaction on her yeah, face, yeah. like pain or shock or whatever, fear. Uh, and it's like kind of slow-mo, and you get the score. Uh, and, and that's all you see until, again, you see sirens and lights coming up. And then you see her walking out on the water in the dark. And there's like under this moonlight, she's wearing that black dress and she's looking at a boat that she assumes Lecter's on. And I, and he's not, okay. And then there, an FBI agent approaches her or just a cop, whatever, a local statey maybe, is like, put your hands up. She says who she is. I'm, I'm Clary Starling, FBI, puts her hands up. And then there's the this ending, the last time we see her in the movie, She's looking out on the water, and fireworks are going off, and it's the moonlight, and she looks very longingly, and it is like she's like it's it's sort of romantic in a way, and I could not help but thinking of like I don't want to wait. Well, when she's walking out, that's when you see, though, that she has both of her hands. Yeah. So you know that he cut off his own hand, guys. That's love. And that's love. love. That's Earl's definition of love. 
I'd cut my hand off. Yeah. I would cut my own hand yeah. off. It is. It's a shocking moment. Like, I think the first time watching it probably holds a lot more weight than like we've seen it before. We know what it is. I know in the original book it ends differently. Right. And we can talk about that if we finish that. We got one more scene here, but um, so after this shot, she's fully intact. It cuts to Lecter on a plane. Yes. He's got his hand wrapped up. Yeah, he's he's traveling. He's not even in first class. It's wild. No, but he has an amazing has meal an amazing that he's prepared meal. for yeah, himself. He prepared it himself. Yeah. And it's like beluga caviar and some mm. fruit and cheeses. He got a whole dish, some olives maybe. He's got a little cup that's got the brains in it. Yeah. And this little boy is sitting next to him. And yeah. the boy is immediately interested and is looking at Lecter and looking at his food. And, and he says, I couldn't eat what they gave me. Yeah. And... And then he's like asking Lecter, what's that? Like, and he goes, you're an interesting little boy, aren't you? Or something like that. Like, well, that's what, yeah. yeah. He, what's that? Oh, that's caviar. He's like, what's oh, you that? wouldn't like this yeah. or whatever. And he's like, no, give me yeah. some of that. And, and then he says something like, my mom always told me something about, it's always important to try new things. Try new things yeah. And so he's like feeding this little boy. And I'm like, but didn't your mom also tell you not to accept food from strangers? She's like, asleep in the other yeah, aisle. She's, she's not paying attention. The kid's just like, yeah. Also, Fair don't enough. accept brains from strangers. Don't accept, <laughs> don't accept food. Important safety don't tip. Don't accept yeah. food from strangers. Even if it's like animal it brains. Be brains. Yeah, the shot, it, it does end with like an iris out on his eyeball, which is a weird closing shot for this movie, but that's how it ends. And I'm glad that they don't show the kid actually eat it. You just see him like put the fork down and then it, and then it irises out. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. It's an interesting end shot. But like we were saying a minute ago, the the not that it matters because I, I consider the books compared to movies as different things uh it's it's different art forms depend you know this right. is a movie we're talking about the movie but in the book they run off together you know so it's it is a, like a more conclusive ending i do like the way they did this where it's i'm i i know that based on some of the interviews i saw and and the stories behind it that i think a lot of them were like i don't think that's gonna work yeah no, so they didn't do it i think they it. definitely tried to make it seem more like she wasn't into him and yeah movie. it's a little more ambiguous at but, the end but it's still pretty but i was there. trying to argue in in uh Earl's favor over here that that it was romantic. I do think I, I think there are some romantic elements about this movie. Or um, I see it as like the worst date ever. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. like, you know this is just not gonna happen the way any normal person is gonna like you know. This is, date's been going on for 10 years and we're just trauma bonded after this experience. I think it's I think it's the experience at the pig farm that really right, does right. it. Yeah, yeah who he carries her out across the threshold. But yeah, that's Hannibal 2001. That's it, guys. It's a banger. So we hope you had a romantic evening listening to this, this episode. So, you know, put this on with some fava beans and some Chianti. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our show, please be sure to like and subscribe to our social media pages at Be Right Back Pod on Instagram 
and we'll be right back on Facebook. Also, don't forget to tune in to next week because we'll be right back.